It's the Hive Sports Podcast, bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. Visit us at thehivesports.com. Against Gobert, puts his shoulder down, rolls inside, try to slam it home, and Rudy said, not tonight! John Beck is on the run, he throws behind him, it is, cut for the touchdown! Merrill for the lead, he's got it! Welcome to the RSL Sundays podcast here at the Hive Sports Brought to you by myself, Ethan Kershaw, alongside, well, unfortunately this time, actually not going to be alongside anybody else. I'm doing this on my own today. Unfortunately, Alex is unable to uh, to help record the podcast today. So I will be taking things by myself today. Um, so we will be lacking a little bit without um, Alex's knowledge and uh, his statistical knowledge as well. But hopefully I can try and make up for that and uh, and we can do a good enough job on the podcast today and uh, and give you all the information, everything um, happening with Real Salt Lake throughout this week. There's a lot of stuff to get to, um, so we're going to try and dive into it pretty quick and, uh, and uh, get you all the information you need and then let you be on your merry way for the rest of the week. But before we jump on into the episode, please be sure to follow The Hive Sports. You can find them at The Hive Sports on Twitter. And then make sure you hit up myself and Alex. You can find me at Ethan Kershaw 9 and find Alex at Alex Maurer on Twitter. Um, if you have any questions for us or anything you want us to ask the, ask the players in interviews, post-game interviews and whatnot, let us know. We're more than happy to, uh, to oblige for that as well. Um, so that being said, let's go ahead and jump on into the podcast today. And on the episode, um, I'm, you know, as much as I do miss Alex, I'm kind of happy that... Um, He's not here just for the aspect of the pod trivia. It's just another question that I would have gotten wrong. So um, you, we don't have to do pod trivia today. Um, I think Alex was thinking of something, but he never got back to me. So that's okay. We'll we'll consider today uh, correct for me that I guessed correctly on the, the question since there is not one. Um, but on the Monarch Minute, there is a little bit of news. Not a ton to, to talk about or dive into. Not a huge deep analysis. It's a preseason game against the Colorado Switchback Switchbacks that was played tonight uh, around the same time as the the Real game. Um, unfortunately, the Real Monarchs lose this game seven to zero. Just an absolute basting. Um, it was a really tough game for the Monarchs. They weren't able to do a whole lot. But um, as Alex and I have kind of talked about, this team consists of a lot of young and up up and coming players. And so, um, obviously not a ton of, of depth and a lot of uh, veteran play with this team, um, which is probably why they lost so bad. Still not great in the preseason, um, heading on into the regular season for them. So we hope for better things to come from the Academy and the Monarchs. Um, all right, now, the, the basis of this episode today, we really, I, I really want to get into um, the Seattle game. And talk a lot about that one. Um, Seattle game just happened tonight. I'm actually recording tonight on a Saturday night. I'm getting this podcast out to you guys, uh, hopefully on Sunday, Sunday evening. Um, but the Houston game, I think we need to talk a little bit about this game because as much fun as the Seattle game was, the Houston game was very important. Um, so coming into this game, there were a lot of guys that were questionable. We had Demir questionable. Um, Aaron Herrera was looking unlikely to play. Um, and you know, and Ochoa, David Ochoa was, uh, we, we saw him go down and get injured in the last preseason game for the team. And, uh, he was expected to be held out of this game and he was ultimately, um, I think 
a big part of it is really just due to precautionary. Remember last year, he ended up picking up a, I think it was a, a hamstring injury and the team really kept him out for a good amount of games just as a big precaution so that we could have him for um, the playoff run and the playoff stretch. And uh, McMath did a pretty good job um, in his place. Um, so for this game against Houston, same same thing. Uh, David Ochoa not available to play in this game. Zach McMath steps right in and replaces him. And in order for Ray also like to um, to add some depth to the goalkeeper position, Thomas Gomez, who um, had I guess it was about to start the season with the Monarchs, has been signed up to the Real Salt Lake first team. Um, Gomez, a 28-year-old goalkeeper, as opposed to selecting somebody like a Gavin Beavers to get called up. And um, Alex has left me a couple of notes, so hopefully I can voice his opinion well enough on the podcast today. But um, Alex is a massive proponent, and I even know this, of, of getting the young guys to play. Um, I believe I saw a conversation ongoing with him and, uh, and Trey Fitzgerald on Twitter tonight talking about the comparison with um, Gabriel Slonina. Slonina is a fantastic young goalkeeper for the U.S. and starting in the MLS. Um, and Alex was saying, you know, well, why can't we just start Gavin Beavers or get give him some opportunities to play and get some minutes under his belt? Um, I, I see the argument. And I'm Gabriel Slonina is a very good player. Um, we haven't seen a whole lot of, of out of Gavin Beavers, especially at an MLS level, which kind of worries me. Um, and the fact that Pablo hasn't made the decision to call him up kind of gives me hesitancy on saying, yeah, let's get this guy in the starting lineup, give him some minutes, and, and see how he does. Um, it sounds like Gavin Beavers and uh, even Jeffrey Dusenup as well um, are the two guys that you know we could look to call up potentially and, uh, and play on the bench at least or come in as a backup in some sort of capacity. It just kind of seems like they're not quite quite ready for that next step. And that's okay. They're, they're very, very young. There's a lot of things still for them to learn. And so um, I think that as that developmental process goes along, the goalkeeper coaches, um, Nacho and Mirza Harambasic, have been fantastic for Real Salt Lake. And I think as they continue to develop these goalkeepers, um, time will tell and we'll eventually hopefully get some finished products that will be um, good at replacing guys like Ochoa, um, even McMath, instead of um, you know, older guys, like these 28-year-old goalkeepers um, like Thomas Gomez. Um, also, Leffelsen also signed up to the first team in this game. Um, we'll talk a little, about, little bit more about Leffelsen a little later um, and why he has been signed up to the team. Um, obviously, we want to play the youth, but at the same time, this is the MLS, and uh, it's kind of a, a win-now thing, especially if your team is in a decent spot. Um, Real Salt Lake, just a team that went to the Western Conference Finals. I think that they're hungry for another playoff run this year. And so I don't think they're quite really in rebuild mode, even though they got rid of, of guys like Albert and they don't have Anderson Julio back on the team yet. I still think they want to get a run at it. Um, but this game was really a defensive game. Um, both teams played pretty well defensively, not giving up a whole ton of mistakes. Uh, each team had two shots on goal. Um, really not a whole lot to see in this one. Um, like I had mentioned with the, the shots on goal, um, just like the shots in general, uh, Houston had 10, we had eight pretty even there corners. Houston had nine. We had eight. Um, really it was just kind of splitting hairs in this game, pretty evenly matched game. And on the road, I think it's something you really like to see out of RSL, um, with the first game of the season. Um, I think it's something that, that definitely needs to be talked about how this team coming into the year last year, 
they they've I feel like they've always struggled at the beginning of the season. They really pulled it back near the end. But we remember that in the middle of the season, when Pablo was running out this formation with the the three center backs, if you will, um, in the back with um, and in this game it was Justin Glad, Marcelo Silva, and Eric Holt, as it was last year for a majority of the time. Um, there were times where the team was very inconsistent with that formation, allowing goals, breakdowns in the the defensive third. And uh, a lack of communication, really. And it led to a lot of goals conceded by the team. Um, this is a fantastic sign. This is something that you really, really like to see from a Real team that struggled with that last year and has now really kind of turned that, that into a strength. Um, the, the center backs, Glad Holt and Marcelo Silva, did a fantastic job in this one. McMath, pretty good as well, keeping the clean sheet. Um, I think it's a great job by the guys. Obviously, you'd like a little more offensive production. But the team's still lacking guys like Aaron Herrera, who really helps on the offensive end, even though he is technically a defender. Um, I think that it's it's okay at this point in the season to get a draw and a, a one point on the road, um, a very big point on the road, I would say, for this team. Um, so like I said, very good defensive game, but there's not a whole lot to talk about. I will mention that Tate Schmidt does get the start at the left wing back or left mid position in this game. Played pretty well. Um, Andrew Brody on the other side, Pablo Ruiz and Scott Caldwell holding down the defensive midfield positions. Um, and then we had Demir Krylock and Bobby Wood up top alongside with Justin Maram as well. Maram playing a little farther up than he generally does, um, but, you know, it ended up working out okay in this game. Um, no goals, which is the one the one knock I think you can put on this team for this game. But they played well. Sergio Cordova came in as a sub. So did Michael Chang, Jonathan Menendez. And Jasper Loffelsen, which is interesting because Jasper Loffelsen, if you remember, rookie, selected in the MLS Super Draft this year out of Louisville, um, a guy who's just coming right in and getting minutes already off the bench. Um, we'll talk a little bit about him and why he's getting those minutes in just a little bit. Um, but that's really all for me on the Houston game. I'm sure Alex probably has some more analysis to add to it. We'll see if he wants to add to it next week or if it's just too far gone at that point. But um, the, the Houston game was a fun one. The Seattle game was an interesting one, to say the very least. Uh, in this game, very crazy things happening. Uh, there was a, It was pretty cold for a while in the first half, not too bad. Then about the 43rd minute, there was a weather warning, a weather advisory, uh, and about a two-hour delay uh, for the players and for the fans. It was a little annoying to have that delay lightning around, though, and we want to make, make sure and ensure the safety of the players and the fans. And so two-hour delay takes a long time. It was really weird because after that long delay, the players come out, finished the first half, played about five minutes in the first half with a, a field covered in snow, um, and then don't really head back to the locker rooms because they had such a long delay. Really, it was just a five-minute halftime. Real quick halftime, real quick rest, um, and then the teams were back at it to finish out the rest of the game. Um, and this in this one, you, you saw a lineup that was pretty similar to the last game. Guys like Herrera and Ochoa were listed as questionable instead of um, in a position that was more of unlikely last game. So it's encouraging that you see that. But Aaron Herrera and David Ochoa both not available for this game. Um, neither was Demir Krylock. He was also questionable heading into this game. Got a full 90 minutes under his belt in the Houston game. And so it was interesting to not see him in this one. Obviously, he's still dealing with a, l a little bit of an injury. Kept him out in this game. I think it's really precautionary more than anything else. But you want to be better safe than sorry with a guy like Demir Krylock. So I totally understand. Um, but with the depleted squad, we ended up rolling out Justin Merrim, Bobby Wood up top. They both get the start. And Michael Chang, who gets his first start of the season in this game, 
up top as well. Tate Schmidt at the left wing back, left mid spot. And Andrew Brody, the right wing back, right mid spot. Center backs the same, Glad, Marcelo, Silva, and Eric Holt. Same with McMath, gets his second start of the year. And then midfielders are the same with Scott Caldwell and Pablo Ruiz. Um, I want to talk a little bit about this game because I found it very interesting. And Real did some things in this game that gave me a lot of hope and made me really encouraged for the rest of the season. If they can set these two games as a template for the rest of the year, they're obviously going to have a lot of success and they're going to go places. Um, Obviously, we're talking about a Real team that's depleted. Seattle, in their own right, also very depleted as well without guys like uh, Raul Ruiz Diaz, uh, Christian Roldan unavailable for this game as well. Uh, Nico Lodero, also not playing. So they had a lot of guys like uh, Reed Baker Whiting, um, Chu, who came in and played a little bit, Kellen Rowe, who has started at times, but isn't that great of a consistent starter. Um, but their midfield looks strong. Joao Paulo, Albert Rusnak, obviously coming back to play against Real and that huge narrative there. Um, and I was interested in this one to see if the fans would boo Albert Rusnak. In the beginning, pregame warm-ups, they, um, they did a little thank you to Albert Rusnak, and there was cheering. I didn't hear any booing at all. But when the game started, it's a completely different thing. Every single time Albert Rusnak touched the ball, there was booing. And it was loud, too. And it was the entire game, too. It was, it was pretty impressive how long the fans held their boos for. Um, obviously, it's a controversial topic, and I'm not going to get too much into it. Um, I, I feel like Albert provided it a lot for the club. But um, he's moved on, and so has the team. And I think that, um, obviously, you know, the team at this point is probably better off with him. Um, obviously, it's going to be difficult to replace all the production that he had. And we'll need some guys to step up. But talking about this game, um, the, the first half, Pablo described the, the team as a bit passive. And I thought Real had their chances in the first half. They really controlled the first half and looked pretty good. Um, had some attacking chances as well. And you just kind of got the feeling that they were going to score a goal. And then the snow started coming down. And they played the five minutes of the rest of the first half. Ended it. Had the five-minute halftime. And came right out of the halftime. Out of the gates. Um, there's not a lot of people left at the stadium. A lot of people had left. A lot of people standing up by covering so that they weren't, wouldn't get wet or um, get snowed on. The, the stadium was still very loud. And lots of cheering really helped the team and fueled the team in this game. And um, we uh, were waiting for that goal, and we got it, finally. Uh, Bobby Wood, who had looked very good throughout this entire preseason, got a lot of weight on his shoulders, needs to step up this year, and he does so in this game. Um, It was a a beautiful team play, really. If you haven't already, go back and watch the goal. I really suggest you watch it. Um, But the pass was uh, from inside out to Michael Chang on a one-touch, and Michael Chang looks inside and kind of, hooks a ball in to Bobby Wood, who's right there, and gets a nice shot off. But it's blocked by the defender, and the keeper dives. So the keeper's already on the ground, and then the ball's just sitting there, and Bobby Wood just taps it home, right over the keeper, into the net. Um, Kind of, uh, I don't know if it was a lucky goal. It's a very good play and build up, And so I think it was a deserved goal. Um, Lucky that the ball kind of fell to him where it was, but um, a great goal, nonetheless. Great team goal, and uh, it's chemistry. It seems like every year this team is projected to finish at the bottom of the standings in the West because they don't have the star players. They don't have the guys. But this team has something that a lot of other teams don't have, and it's a really strong chemistry. They're not weighed down by a lot of egos. 
and they've got something that Pablo preaches every single year in all the games, mentality. And that was something that really shone through in this game. Defensive mistakes. We talked about it all last year. This is a Seattle team that, while they are depleted, Freddie Montero, great striker in his own right, can definitely score score goals, is dangerous. And this team defensively held it down. I noted that for the starting lineup, we ended up starting seven players that were very defensive-minded in this game. Um, you think Albert? You think that they wanted to stop Albert from scoring in this game? Definitely. You think that they wanted to keep a clean sheet in this game and that was their objective? Absolutely. And then I'm guessing their thoughts were anything on the offensive end will take and will keep trying to get offensive chances, and they did that in this game. Um, kind of going through player by player, I thought Justin Glad played well, controlled the back line very well. Marcelo Silva was active, had lots of tackles. He and Glad had lots of headers and clearances in this game that were very vital and important. Eric Holt um, played pretty well as well. Good passing. Had a couple crosses in this game too, which you don't see a lot out of that. Lot of that out of him. So that was kind of fun to see. Um, in my mind, Andrew Brody gets the MVP. Okay, so I thought Aaron Herrera lacking. Obviously, you're missing Aaron Herrera in this game. You're going to miss a lot of production. But Andrew Brody really stepped up, and I, I'm not going to say that he's close to what Aaron Herrera is but he replaced him very, very well in this game. There were two or three times where Brody took on three or four of the Seattle defenders, cut right through their defense, and got forward and laid off balls to guys to to get shots. Unfortunately, the shots were missed or shanked, and Pablo Ruiz was the unfortunate beneficiary of a couple of those shanks. But um, Brody showed a lot of positivity on the offensive end, Um, played very well defensively as well. Um, I, I really, really liked what I saw out of Andrew Brody. And if we can get Aaron Herrera back, um, I think that we can have some of the better wing defenders in the in the entire league, really. Um, Aaron Herrera is already up there. He's already, I would say, one of the best, if not the best, in the MLS. And with Andrew Brody developing as he is, um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun if they're both healthy uh, for the rest of the season. Um, Pablo Ruiz, as we talked about, missed some shots, gave away some passes. Um, he had a lot of opportunities in this game. I don't think he played particularly well. It's a little lower on him than most of the other players in this game. Michael Cheng did a pretty good job, very active, lots of pace up top, which is something that we've really needed, especially with the ab- absence of some other guys. Scott Caldwell played solid in defensive midfield area. Um, Justin Merrim facilitated a lot. He, um, I, I, saw him and uh, Tate Schmidt um, talking. And that's something that was, you know, lacking at times last year was the communication. We saw that. And um, very good job from Merrim facilitating um, and communicating and really leading, helping lead this team, especially with that Tamir Krylock. I thought he did a great job with that. Um, just shows really how depleted this team is. Justin Merrim in the uh, preseason, in one of his interviews, said, yeah, my reason to come back to Real is because I love the team. And he's like, I, I fully accept my role and position off the bench. And it just shows you that a guy who's even knows himself, who's saying, I'll come off the bench. I'm ready to come off the bench. And he's getting starts at the beginning of the season. Shows how depleted we are, but how much depth we really have and how well these guys can do. Tate Schmidt put in a pretty good shift defending with some pretty good passes as well. Um, and then Bobby Wood, obviously, with the goal. Um, did a great job. Lots of opportunities up front. He could have finished one or two more, but I'm not going to knock him on that. He did a great job with getting the goal. For me, the sub of the game, uh, Sergio Cordova. 
gets the sub of the game. Every time I've seen this guy come on, even in preseason, he doesn't get a lot of minutes played, but he should get more. He's electric when he comes in. Um, the guy creates opportunities. He's he's fast. He's kind of like Anderson Julio light. I'm not saying he's Anderson Julio. He hasn't had enough, I know, opportunities or, I guess, chances to score game winners yet. But when he comes into the game, he makes a difference. He's got pace. He's got a good amount of pace. He got to a couple balls in this game, had a couple opportunities. He had one opportunity where he almost scored a goal today. Um, Sergio Cordova, I think, is a guy who should get some starts this year. And I'm, I'm going to be shocked if he doesn't get a good amount of starts this year, especially with Rubin still injured and still not playing and not practicing. Um, I, I think that Cordova could start up top with, with Bobby Wood. Why not? Um, let's give that a shot and see what that experiment can do. Because I'm really, really high on Cordova, probably more than more, most people this year. I think Sergio, Sergio Cordova can be a big difference maker if Pablo allows him to do that. Um, but overall, like I talked about, very good game. Great game defensively, defensively from this team. Zach McMath had a master class. There were a couple of shots in this game that were very, very difficult, including one shot that skittered across the ground on the snowy ground, the slippery ground, and he jumped out and saved it with one hand. If it weren't for that hand, this game would have ended 1-1. Stopped a lot of good shots in this game. I, I, I really have been low on McMath in the past. I apologize to him because he's been fantastic for the first two games of this year. Um, and he, I, he can definitely continue it. And I asked him kind of about how, how difficult it was to, to stop shots on that snowy surface and how you anticipate slippery bounces. And how he kept the clean sheet in this game. And he says, it's difficult because of the ice, the dip, and the bounce. And he said, I really only saw a few warm-up shots to see how I could react. But he said, thankfully, I, I had the reactions that I needed in the game to get the win and, and stop the shots and get the clean sheet. Um, Tom Hackett from KSL also asked him about the confidence that he's been playing with lately. He says, I've got plenty of confidence lately from my teammates and the coaches. They really believe in me. And it's given me the ability to believe in myself. Um, he also said that once the team realized for this game that Domi would not be available, the team banded together even more. He said the team was ready for this game, and we really took it to them, and they did. Um, just a, a great game defensively. We really, really shut down Seattle. There were a couple mistakes, a couple opportunities for Seattle, but they were able to mitigate those opportunities with good defensive play. Good communication. That's key, and it helped. It really showed in this game. Bobby Wood, after the game, we talked to him about his goal, and he said it was a fantastic goal. It was great to get the three points. I'm ecstatic. Um, I asked him about his injury. He said, I landed on my ankle and twisted it a little bit, but I played the rest of the game, so I should be fine. But he said, I felt bad for the fans that had to, to go through the weather and the delays. And talked about the formations. He said, we've worked on lots of different formations. So he said, we'll switch up a lot of things throughout the season. I feel comfortable about wherever I'm playing. But he said this game was about mentality, and it's something that Pablo instills and preaches every single game. It was evident in this game. The team had the right mentality. Um, and then also Lucas uh, Lucas kind of asked them from Lucas from RSL Soapbox. Um, Lucas Muller had asked them about what they do kind of at that break. There's a two-hour break. What do you guys do? And he looked like he was going to get into it a little further, but he said, ah, some guys get massages and, you know, are kind of biking to stay loose, so... Um, it, was, it was cool to see that, uh, the kind of behind-the-scenes thing. Um, finally, asking Pablo Mastroeni about this game, I asked him if the weather kind of increased the team's determination and mentality in this game and if it had anything to do with the result. 
And he said, yeah, we started a little more passive, but he said Jasper played in the midfield. And here's the reason why Jasper Loffelsen has been getting opportunities off the bench. This guy's been subbed into the game, both games they've played already, and he's been very quick and very fast, and he's been playing very well. Loffelsen, if you remember, is a, a midfielder. They've been playing him at defensive midfield throughout a lot of this preseason. And he got a start up top. He was playing wing like left wing and right wing in this game when he got subbed in. It was a like-for-like swap with Michael Chang. Why? Because Pablo said that Jasper Luffelsen has some of the highest outputs in training. That's interesting to me. A rookie coming in and getting these minutes, some of the highest output in training. Look for him. He's going to be a guy who could definitely help this team throughout this year, especially with attrition. As the year goes on and guys get tired, I think Luffelsen is going to be a great depth piece for this team. Um... Pablo also talked about the importance of subs. He says the guys that come in and do a great job off the bench can sometimes be more important than the guys who start the games. Um, just shows how much confidence Pablo has in the guys off the bench and the depth he has on this team. Um, overall, very good job. Two shoutouts in a row for Real Salt Lake to start the season. It was a great job by them. Um, they definitely, you know, did a fantastic job. Um, also, during the two-hour break, we were listening to the broadcast. And I'm listening to Elliot Fall and some other guys talk about some rumors of some guys that they have plans to bring in. We, uh, Elliot Fall says we have some targets. We have some guys we're still looking at and guys we can bring in and think that we can that they can definitely help the team. I think that's um, right around still Gustavo Cuellar. I'm not sure if Real are still in talks with him. There's still a chance there. Savarino and Anderson Julio are the guys I'm looking at for the offensive production that are really rumored to come to the team. Rumors still swirling, but nothing set in stone. We'll wait and see on those, obviously, um, and, and see if the team can sign them. If they are able to, would be massive. The team already playing the way it is, and those additions just further strengthens the team. Um, I would really like to see that. Finally, on the episode, last little bit, last little segment, previewing the New England Revolution game on the road at 5.30, March 12th, this Saturday. Should be a very fun, exciting game. Obviously, New England Reds finished with the best record in the MLS last year. They are a very good team. They've been doing well this year as well. They field a very good team. So it's going to be a fantastic competition opportunity for Real Salt Lake to nab one or maybe even three points on the road this game. Um, it's going to be a tough one, but I think Real are up to it. We'll keep an eye out on Krylock and uh, David Ochoa and Aaron Herrera to see if those guys are fit to come back in. We'll update you on Twitter throughout the week as well, let you know. Um, what we see out of those guys. Um, but if they're unable to go, we should see a lineup similar to the one we saw tonight. Everton Louise also came in at the end of the Seattle game, put in a good shift. His visa just got approved, so that's why he wasn't playing in the uh, in the Houston game. Back for this one, he could get a start this next week against the Revs. Um, so I think that's, that's really everything to cover this week. Um, obviously, a lot of speculation, a lot of rumors, and we'll keep you updated on that as those go. Um, but I don't miss anything unless you guys can help me remember something or hit me up and tweet me something I missed on this, which I'm sure I missed something. But either way, thank you guys for, for tuning in and listening to the podcast. I really appreciate your time. And um, remember, hit us up on Twitter, uh, Ethan Kershaw 9 and, uh, and Alex Mauer, at Alex Mauer on Twitter. Um, find us, hit us up with any of your questions you have. We love interacting with you guys, talking with you guys, and uh, talking about Real, you know, and having a good time. Um, shout out to, to Howie. I saw him today at the uh, before the game. 
uh, the, the Real game today against the, the Sounders. And it was cool to meet him, talk to him, and, uh, you know, talk to someone who actually listens to the pod. So uh, if you're out there, hit us up and let us know that you listen to the pod. Really appreciate it. Um, we'll be talking about the New England Revs game and probably some other news for Real Salt Lake next week. But once again, thank you all for tuning in. Really appreciate your time. Hope you all have a fantastic weekend and revel in the Real Salt Lake win against the Sounders this weekend. I will talk to you all later along with Alex Maurer. See you guys. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school. So check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.